You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Honest AF Show with me, Daniela Clark. And me, Barbara Ann Wild. Hello. Hi. Did you know, you know, I didn't even know this, Barb. But our last episode was our 50th episode. I mean, when Lisa, producer Lisa told us that, I was totally blown away. I I was blown away, too, because I had no idea that you and I have so much to fucking talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, to edit ourselves. We have like too much to talk about. Great. God, that's a lot of talking. Um, Thank God we have this outlet because our poor husbands. I know, right? Uh Uh-huh. So this is kind of exciting because Barb and I were actually planning on doing an episode with just you and I. Another solo yeah, episode. A- another solo episode with just the two of us just shooting the shit like we always do. But we got a surprise. Our next guest reached out to us on Instagram and she just uh, sounded so interesting. And then when I, we went and looked at her Instagram, we agreed that, yes, we would love to have you on. Yes, so absolutely. So we have um, a guest in the studio today. Her name is Katie Henricks. Welcome, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello. You guys are amazing. <laughs> and uh, Katie is a relationship and intimacy coach. So um, this is going to be a very fun episode. And we hope you enjoy it. So, Katie... Welcome. Thank, thank you, you for reaching out and thank you for coming to the show. I think our listeners would love to hear everything that you have to say and what you offer. So tell us a little bit about what you do and um, we'll go from there. Okay. Oh, I'm kind of nervous. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. You guys have like this full setup. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full setup with Crocodile walking around. I know. He's you'll, so you'll cute. Get the occasional bark. And right. <laughs> Yeah. So um, my name is Katie. I am a relationship and intimacy coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I mainly work with women in the areas of relationship, um, body and feminine empowerment um, and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Lord knows everybody needs that. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes that transfers over into the world of life coaching. Mm-hmm. So it's not all That's like... Great kink and fetish and sex oh darn although sometimes it is. You, you were talking my language and then uh, you, uh. yeah it is there's a lot of that going on um uh-huh. i study the biology of orgasm mm-hmm. i talk a lot about the clitoris and pussy uh-huh. um i do a lot of alchemy around shame body shame body sexuality uh body confidence with women um Man, I mean, you run the gamut. I do. Did you? Um, did you happen to listen to our episode with? We had a sex author on. Uh, her name is Tracy Cox, and we know that's pretty interesting that that's her name. Yes. <laughs> but Two she X's writes about though. Sex. Two X's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She has written like sixteen or seventeen books, right? About yeah. about. I sex. actually just listened to it. Did you listen to yes. it? Yeah, she yeah. Was so I kind of geeked out a little she's bit. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she was really fun. And then afterwards, she sent us a bunch of sex toys that Barb and I uh, were oh very excited about. So. Yeah, yes. she, she designed yes. a yep. line with uh, Love Honey, and we were fortunate enough to get a gift from her and she's incredible we really enjoyed having her and uh learned a lot yeah yeah (laughs) i was i the thing that i picked up from that episode was that she works with um (laughs) like women over 50 you know yeah and that like 
you know, all the all the content <clears throat> for women over fifty has everything to do with like hormones and right. balancing and menopause, regulating menopause, menopause, menopause. right? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, but there's not a whole lot of content that goes along with like making a juicier sex life, right? Yeah. So that's what I work with women on. Too. Oh, good. Okay. So what is like the number one thing that you think um, uh, um, most women come to you for? And are they older? Is it mainly menopausal women or is it you're getting young women too? I mainly work with women from 30 to 60, uh-huh. roughly. Okay. Um, some are single. Some want to stay single. Some are partnered. Um I'm very, I try to be very inclusive with my language because mm-hmm. um, I work with not just heterosexual couples. Oh, so, so you also work with couples. Mm-hmm. Okay. I work with couples as well. And I do work with men. Sometimes oh my God, all the noise Crocodile is making right now is sending me over it, my I edge. feel like I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm home. Yeah. Oh. Croc, you're making me feel so welcome. Lots of licking. I think he's yeah. on theme here. <laughs> Which, this is fine. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> now I'm thoroughly grossed out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it really just runs the gamut. Um, sometimes I have women who start coaching with me and then they go home and tell their partners and say, oh, my God, holy crap. This is not like, you know, usually men will be like men specifically will feel like they're being pulled into therapy or like coached right. into therapy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that the difference between me and a traditional sex therapist or uh, marriage and family therapist is that. Um, sessions with me are super fun mm-hmm. are super inclusive I'm not here to uh, psychoanalyze you I'm here to give you tools to have juicier fulfilling intimacy whatever that looks like for mm-hmm. you so who wouldn't be on board for that you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised but it's so much fun what's like the main complaint that you get from women it all goes back to women in their relationship with themselves and their bodies. Mm. Typically right after they have children mm-hmm. or after they have children, they realize, holy crap, I have not been open to my body or my sex ever. What's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it's all fun and games until you have kids, as we all know. Right. And... um You can only work in that masculine space of giving, 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 giving and kind of pretending to be filled, right? Right. For so long before you, you know, either your body gives out on you or your mental and emotional state takes a tank, right? Mm. And so um, I usually get women who kind of have an epiphany and go, this sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My relationship with my body sucks. I, you know, I, I don't like the size that I am. I don't have approval over my curves or my breasts or my starch marks or the way that my vulva looks, Mm -hmm. or I can't open up to my partner the way that I want to. Right. And the masculine just wants us to open like, get right with ourselves and then open because really what they need from us that from the feminine is to be led with our desire to teach them with our desire. Mm. And so, um, that's probably the primary thing that I hear from women saying, I don't have any approval for my desire. I don't even know what the hell desire is. Mm. Right. And so we start working with desire and desire. I feel like is the responsibility of the feminine. It's something that, we have not been taught. Most of us don't know the definition of it. If you had to ask us straight in the face, what do you desire? We would not, we look like a deer in headlights. Right. 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 And so I teach women how to open into that, 
you know, um, we start with very small, accessible desires, like a glass of ice water, and we move into deeper, darker spaces, more so, fun spaces. I shouldn't say deeper, darker, more expansive spaces. <laughs> so, so women would come to you and just be like, listen, I'm in a relationship and I don't know how to say what I want. That would be where you would coach them on how to project what they want. Right. Exactly. I mean, I feel like we have, I mean, there's sexually blocks. or otherwise, right? sexually or otherwise. That's right. right. Like, okay. I don't know how to tell my husband that I want him to go down on me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Let's start right. there. Absolutely. No, thank you. Um, yeah. Like, or that I don't like it when he yeah. goes down on me. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I don't know who wouldn't honestly, cause I think it's amazing. Right. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know how to tell it. Let's start there. I don't know how to tell my husband that I like cunnilingus, that I like him to eat my pussy, right? Yeah. And so we talk about what, what's blocking you from getting into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually starts with her having her own approval for her body, the way she looks, smells, tastes, feels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And usually childhood shame will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talk about like different, there's different ways that we inherit shame or that we hold shame in our bodies or that we take on shame. So it could be like, your family's sexual trauma. Maybe your mom had sexual trauma and she projected that on you. And so mm-hmm. you learn to have shame for your body when mm-hmm. really that's not yours to mm-hmm. have, right? Or it could that's be- That's really interesting, huh? Totally. Or maybe dad was sexually abused when he was a child and he projected that onto you and you've you know projected that onto your partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe you actually do have sexual trauma or sexual violation, mm-hmm. right? So then like the choice of ownership over your own body was taken away from you at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So we walk, work through that. Sometimes it's religious trauma, religious mm-hmm. shame handed mm-hmm. down to us. Most of us have that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm from Oklahoma and I mm-hmm. was always like in Sunday school and we'd go to church twice a week right. and you know, it's the Bible belt there. So yeah. our whole family structure was based around religious beliefs and understanding, internalizing the concepts of virginity and that your sense of sexuality and sexual expression was actually for your partner, was for a man. Mm. So then built into all of those systems is like misogyny and the patriarchy and all the ways that we are taught not to have ownership over our bodies and or desire. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's no communication in a lot of homes exactly. where they don't even talk about sex. So then we talk about this. Like, what did you learn from the lack of communication? You were left to your own devices of how you made sense of your own sexuality, your own body, the way you looked, the way you smelled or or the color of your skin. Right. Right. And so in that, like now we'll take the piece of like, I don't know how to tell my husband that I, I want him to, to go down on me. Once we remove all those other blocks, then it's just a thing that you want, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we practice all these types of different communication, like nonverbal communication, straightforward communication, nuanced communication. What would be some of those communications? Like, could you give us an example? I'm grabbing his head and just putting it there. You could totally <laughs> do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're into. Yeah. So I think in this conversation, it's really valuable to look at love languages. Yeah. Because it's the way that we interpret and receive desire, uh-huh. really, um, in love. So the first thing that I would say is like, how does your partner, what, what are your, your partner's love languages? Mm-hmm. And so like, 
if your partner receives love through acts of service, then I could play with something in like um, uh, cooking for him Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. dessert is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And so then you get like, maybe yours is like physical touch and uh-huh. words of affirmation. So then yeah. like it, him putting his hands on your body and his his face and your pussy and all of that, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, this is probably, this is explicit rated, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little too late now. Yeah. Um. So then, you know, you could ask for like, can you talk dirty to me while mm-hmm. you're down there? You mm-hmm. know, like tell me how good I taste and how good I smell and oh, how much, yeah. how you know, on fire you are about my body and what we're doing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then you get the words of affirmation. Then you have the acts of service with the cooking for each other. Mm -hmm. You get the gifts of the body. Right. Right, And so that's just intimate, but it doesn't always have to be as explicit as that. Right. In fact, that's almost always a residual of the emotional intimacy that's formed Mm. first. I think that that's really what women are craving. Right. Um, yeah, from the don't you feel like a lot of do you see this a lot like a lot of women complain like I know with when I'm in a girl circle everyone's always complaining that their husbands don't listen to them their husbands don't have make time for them um their husbands are spending too much time with the guys and not doing anything with them and that's when women start to kind of pull back totally you know that's when you start to kind of you start living separate lives that's right and you start like getting that emotional validation validation Mm -hmm. from your girlfriends right Mm -hmm, rather than from your husband you start hanging out with your girlfriends more and going on vacations with your girlfriends and going out at night with your friends and then you start living completely separate lives that's right yeah and so i think it's important to understand that not one person can fulfill all your needs or desires exactly hallelujah (laughs) finally somebody said that I honestly think, though, that that's a root of a a lot of relationship problems because there are a lot of women who I don't know if it's just that they fantasize about this perfect human Mm -hmm. and there are no perfect humans. No. I mean, we're as close as you can get, but there are no perfect (laughs) humans. And I think that I think that what happens is that you a lot of women go out and search for someone that's going to fulfill all their needs. And Mm -hmm. I have always felt like my husband, we are so bipolar opposite (laughs) that the main thing that we have in common is sex, our children, sex, and you know, where we grew up in our families or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I would, I mean, this is my emotional Mm. partner you know Mm -hmm. what I mean my my you know the person that I want to talk to I don't want to talk to my husband all the time I'm not but a lot of people are like I have a girlfriend in particular that their man has to be like their best friend and their you know their playmate and their sex person and their like everything and I I don't know if you can have all if it's realistic to get all of your needs met by one person right well, my two cents on that, yeah, and this is just my two cents um, based on my experience in the world. So take it or leave it. Um, but I think there's no better way to squash the life out of a relationship than to do the, exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. So we go through different phases in our relationship, and Definitely. one of them is creating families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <sighs> I'm going to get shit for this. <clears throat> In that family making, baby making, child rearing phase of our lives, cohabitation is required, especially in this day and age where it's like all hands on deck. 
you know, not just one person for the most part is bringing in the dough. Right. You know, usually we have working moms in some capacity who are working before. And now that they have kids, sometimes they'll take breaks, but there's always like something else going on. Mm -hmm. And so we need all hands on deck. We need cohabitation during that time. But I am a very big believer in something called ITA, um, intentional time away. Mm. And I'm a proponent of having really intentional quality time away from your partner in order to build more polarity. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And so this can look like, I mean, you could literally take it into cohabitating in different places, which that's, it requires a whole new level of communication Mm -hmm. and consent and allowing your relationship to change form. But sometimes this can be uh, a really healthy, like girls trip, go be with your girls for like three, Mm -hmm. four days, go Mm -hmm. be with your guys for three, four days you know, and talk about like what activities you're going to be doing in that space, but no contact. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, this is our time to recharge our own personal magnets, Mm -hmm. our own personal generators of desire and energy and uh, replenishment. And then when we come back together, it's like, let's fucking do this. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the secret sauce for our marriages. Without a doubt. Personally, it's because we're married to musicians and they're always gone mm-hmm. except for the pandemic but, <laughs> but, so but most of the time they're gone so we do spend a lot of time apart and i think that that really helps our relationships mm-hmm. um it's a good thing for for people to kind of have their own thing going on and their and other friends and do other and do other things but not but at some point you do have to do things together too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think where men start to kind of zone out, if you will, is so the masculine craves freedom. Yeah. As you might have guessed. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And because we haven't taught men to be verbally communicative over what they, what their emotional needs are, most of them can't say I'm feeling a little smothered and pressured. Mm -hmm. I need time to do nothing. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for me. If it means going into the wilderness and being alone and chopping wood by myself all day. Great. Or I need to go be on the road with my band. Right. And be be in that like creative space, using my hands, being of service with my dudes. Right. Um, Most of them will start drinking. They will go on Xbox, like video games. Really, really important. Porn is also another really great way not great way, popular way that men will flex their freedom muscle or zone out. Right. And so what I think is really beautiful is when we teach men that they can actually tell us that they're feeling like they need their own personal space Mm. and to go and do that. Um, But most women get so offended by that. Like I I have a lot of my girlfriends and this is what I've just, I happen to be noticing this is they meet guys and they are a lot of my girlfriends are like in their 50s. They've been married before and now they're single and um, they're dating. And they really yearn that relationship that good or bad, whatever their marriage was, they they have an expectation of a new relationship that almost looks like a marriage, which is like, you know, you know what he's doing all day, you know, where he's going, you know, you know, his comings and goings and, and he calls you all the time and checks in with you all the time. And, uh, and you want to see him all the time, but this is not your husband. This is some guy you just met 
or that you're just dating. So yes. I find <laughs> myself sometimes talking to my girlfriends going, well, okay, you have... You're just getting to know each other. So maybe ease up a little. But but what I don't want to say is ease up because, you know, I know that like I I would probably be the same because I'm used to a certain amount of attention and affection and emotional support from a husband. And if you if if if, you know, I was to find myself single again, God forbid. (laughs) But how would I you know, how would I navigate that? You know, how do you go into a new relationship and not be too much or expect too much? Yeah, it's a great question. I also see that I work with a lot of women who have the same exact. Yeah, you um, feel like they're chasing them away almost. Well, I think it can look like that in Los Angeles. Yeah. Right. Because our culture is different here. Mm. Most of us have run away from that tight family knit uh religiously based community where family was tight family systems were encouraged um for the most part people come out here for expression freedom uh, creativity music acting we like to flex that expressive freedom muscle in us as Mm -hmm. as los angelians right right and so i mean i assume you're you're talking mostly about women in la right yeah yeah in an isolated conversation. That's so true. So I want to teach women always how to like, I have no other phrase for it, except like, you got to make your ride fucking hot. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you doing in your own personal life and your own personal practices without the presence of the person that you have your gaze on to make it just stellar? Like, mm-hmm. how do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of your body? Are you cooking for yourself? Are you with your girlfriends? Are you having high quality connections in other parts of your life? What's your career like? What's your money making like? Like, get mm-hmm. that right and tight. And the feminine is a magnet. Mm-hmm. We pull in, right? Just like our bodies will pull in mm-hmm. sperm. And we will create with that. We will take that life-giving uh, substance and make more with it. Mm. that's our whole that's a whole feminine system mm-hmm. as well and so when you're feeling a woman that's leaning in too much into the masculine or um pursue in that pursuant mode mm-hmm. um i always teach her like you're lacking in your own life how do we get your right hotter mm-hmm. and okay. this includes i mean self-care self-love emotional mental stimulation money making we got to be making money um we got to be having orgasms Mm-hmm. by ourselves mm-hmm. right and we got to have approval for our bodies right yeah tracy was saying that too where yeah. you really need to be whole with it, with yourself before you could be you know a partner absolutely i mean you'll drive anyone away right with that and so yeah fill up where do you fill up right right everything could be a gas tank are you going to fill up purely on one person's gas tank because they'll empty very quickly right you know, that's a right. lot of pressure to put on someone as yeah. well. Oh my God. You know, it's yeah. like, you don't want, you don't want someone to feel like they're your everything because then <clears throat> they, they'll also have a guilt or they'll feel like, so it's, I think it's more desirable to be with someone who's got their own thing going on. You know, yeah. my husband and I had that very early on in our relationship where it's like, you go do your thing, I'll go do my thing. And when we come together, it's awesome. But mm-hmm. if, 
if you don't have something to talk about or you don't have something going on, it makes you unattractive. I mean, you're not interesting. So why would I want to be interested in you when you're not even interested in developing yourself? Right. So um, I totally get that. Yeah. Either your magnets off or it's on, but we all have one, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that stoke your magnet and increase it are getting good sleep, good self-care, being honest in your communication, like much more honest than you think that you should be. I'm not talking about full disclosure, but I'm talking about having conversations that you need to in order to clear up energetic and emotional Mm -hmm. energy, spending time in nature, right? Being in your pleasure zone. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. What would you say to women who come to you and say, listen, I'm going through menopause and, um, I'm not interested in my partner touching me, being around me. I just want to be left alone. I'm just not in a a good place. So that feels to me like her, she's not being filled. Her feminine is not being paid attention to. Um, Chances are she's hiding out in other areas of her life. She doesn't want to be touched and engaged with on a physical or sexual level. That tells me that she's hiding in other places in her life. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'd probably go and discover that. Where are you not letting yourself be seen? Where are you closing your heart Mm -hmm. in your life? And then the next thing is there's different types of intimacy that Mm -hmm. you can have with your partner. You can have emotional intimacy. You can have spiritual intimacy, physical intimacy. Sure. Um, But I want to separate that from sexual intimacy. Right. So going on hikes with your partner, dancing with them, dancing is a super vulnerable mm-hmm. thing to do with somebody, mm. especially with somebody who you you have your heart closed to and you want to open. Mm-hmm. It can be a tremendously healing exercise. Um, doing yoga with your That's partner. That's a really good, fun idea, actually, yeah. to go dancing with your partner or take yeah. a dance lesson together. And, you know, go yeah, to- you have to be vulnerable. You have to be yeah. in that learning space. You uh-huh. have to be seen in a mirror. Holy crap. You have yeah. to watch like you have to ha- be willing to have somebody see you mess up the steps. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, are we going to laugh at each other? Are you going to get pissed off? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get frustrated and storm out mm. and go through the motions like force yourself to ask your partner if they would like to dance with you. Mm-hmm. Even just that asking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So cultivating different types of intimacy is mm-hmm. another way to mm-hmm. develop that and continue to deepen that relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's a that's really cute. I like that idea of like, you know, dancing with your partner or or like you said cultivating some t- other type of intimacy. I think that's a really um good thing now. On your Instagram, I noticed that you talk about different types of, um, was it like three or four different um, types of attachment? Attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk a little bit about that. Attachment styles are amazing. It helps you understand other people, I think, so much more. Mm -hmm. So the book called Attached is fantastic. Oh, well. Yeah, it's easy. It's an easy read. It's very digestible, um, makes a lot of sense, very straightforward. I forget who it's by, but you can find it on Amazon. And so there's three different types, secure, avoidant, and anxious. And we all form, you can be combinations of these types of attachments, but they're formed when we're young um, and with our caregiver. I want to say parents, but not everyone had, right? Like grandparents or Mm -hmm. your whatever. So if you're in a super secure 
family unit where both of your caregivers or one of your caregivers was communicative, grounded, healthy, stable, was able to provide a consistent source of love, affection, communication, and nour- like nourishment to you. We develop, for the most part, more secure attachment styles, which means there's not a whole lot of codependency there. There's not a whole lot of neediness or like gripping or grabbing or pushaways. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the pushaway energy. The alternatives to those are anxious attachment and anxious attachment, which I am. We all are one. Do you all feel like you fit into one? Anxious. What so, so anxious attachment styles typically want to lean in for deeper connection. Mm. We like to go deep. We like intimacy. We like closeness. We like full integration in our relationships. We like lots of communication. We want to be one. We want to meet friends and family. Yeah, that's me. So this was formed by um, your parents, and this is not. It does not mean you're in a like a, in a. Uh, abusive family or anything like that but in some way shape or form there was inconsistency in Mm -hmm. the ways that you received love either physically or emotionally Mm -hmm. okay um and so me being the last of three girls my mom being a little bit preoccupied right she was still very young when moms were having us right yeah um i don't think that i got that consistency that i really Mm. craved which it's beautiful like i came out just exactly the way that I am. And I'm supposed to be talking about this and discovering this part of me. This was no fault, but it created something in me that has a deep fundamental need to go deep with everyone. Hence my whole career. Right. Right. <laughs> right. See, I, 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 I'm complete opposite. I yeah. want, I want to be completely left alone. Okay. So avoidant types are uh, very interesting. You all were totally. typically taught sometimes this, most often it's the first or middle child, children who have this. You're the first on the middle. <laughs> And last children are typically more anxious Uh for the most part. And so you all find comfort and freedom Mm -hmm. or uh, or your independence Mm -hmm. and coming close feels like you're losing your security or you're feeling pressure or um, there's an infringement on your own space. Yeah. Sovereignty. Right. Yeah. And so (laughs) the funny thing is that anxious and avoidant types are more are attracted to each other anxious and anxious so your attachment style can change depending on who you're with Mm -hmm. okay so if you're anxious and you're with someone more secure they will comfort that scarcity mentality that's very deeply ingrained in us so for example if i'm anxious and my boyfriend hasn't texted me in like three days that will make me have what we call protest behavior Mm. Okay. And so then I'll start stalking his Instagram. I'll start looking at his stories. I'll drive by his house. I'll text his mom to You'll see create his... a whole. Totally. All that fear starts to really bubble up inside of us because what happened when we were little and we saw signs of people distancing is that it meant we were not getting love mm-hmm. or validation or acceptance. Mm-hmm. So with avoidance, <laughs> if you're an anxious and you're with an avoidant, typically the uh, the uh, anxious will become more anxious 
and the avoidant will become more avoidant because we're pushing each other's childhood wounds back and forth. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like the avoidance. Thanks, like, no, you just I'm not saved gonna... us like how many thousands of dollars in counseling? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you just diagnosed us in a nutshell in about uh-huh. two minutes. That's what I hear all the time. I hear people say, God, I should have learned this 20 years ago in therapy. <laughs> Jesus, what have I been doing? Um, so so yeah you like you kind of push each other's childhood wounds back and forth you know the more anxious you get the more he feels like or he she whatever it is he feels like he's being infringed upon he's losing his sovereignty freedom security space and you go holy fuck i can't get love and you pull in even more he pulls away even more Mm -hmm. right um but when any of us are with more secure attachment styles that makes us more secure so we move more toward the middle from where we are mm. and that's the mm-hmm. third one secure yeah okay it can be combinations like i know for me personally i'm i'm anxious secure if i'm with another anxious attachment style i'll become avoidant mm. like okay. do not lean in too much i will freak yeah yeah <laughs> just want you to be secure and so an avoidant is someone who what did you say about their background um so Oftentimes you saw your parents or your caregivers model, role model, the behavior of yeah. also being avoidant. And so you took that on. Mm. Um, so maybe you saw them like avoid certain conversations or avoid necessary intimacy or maybe not have a bedtime routine where we're snuggling, we're kissing, we're reading stories, we're we're oh, all yeah. up in each other's space. Mm. Right. And so then you then kind of let that drop down into your experience of being a parent or a partner, right? Right. So then to avoidance, because both crave that alone, that that sovereignty, that distance, most times there's not enough glue to keep it together and they'll Mm. fall away from each other. Mm. Interesting. Every anxious or every avoidant needs a tiny bit of anxious to pull them back in. I think I'm an avoidant and guilty and anxious. I think the same thing with me and Zach. Yeah? Yeah. Totally. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's interesting. So now you can like look at your kids, you can look at your friends, you can look at your partners and your parents and brothers and sisters. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're not being an asshole. You're just an avoidant attachment style. I got it. fucked up mother. Now I know why my daughter is this way or my son. (laughs) Totally. I know. And both me and my son are very anxious. That's so interesting. When we were talking about um, menopause and libido and stuff, do you also like partner or do you refer people if you think it might be literally purely a chemical thing, like a like a hormonal thing? Yes. um, Yeah. Because, I mean, I know it's probably 50 50. Right. I, I mean. Or, or may, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I actually have friends that haven't had sex with their partners in <clears throat> like a year, a couple of years, a few, some for a few years. And um, and I wonder if they can recover from that or where how where do they go with that? Yeah, um, I think it takes two mm-hmm. to want to recover from that. Right. Um if you think about when you haven't been physically intimate with your partner for years with an S Mm -hmm. there's a lot you're avoiding a lot of conversations that need to be had yeah a lot that needs to be looked at that's the thing is a lot of women don't want to have that conversation they sweep it under the rug they just continue yeah going on with their day and their errands and everything that they have to do and they busy themselves up with everything else 
and avoid it. They just don't want to go there. They don't want to have that conversation. Some of them are shy, you know, and like you said, as your body's changing, your hormones are changing. uh, Maybe you're not, you know, happy with the way you look. Um, Maybe you're not happy with the way your partner looks. I don't know. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it it can go both ways. Yeah. And so, like, nobody wants to say I'm not attracted to you. Right. You know? Um, But yes, that's a conversation that needs to be, that's intimacy. Yeah. Intimacy is scary as fuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no two ways about it. I don't know how, any way you slice it. It's going to be challenging to step into that space, but there is so much goodness on the other side. No one wins when we withhold. Yeah. It's interesting because I find that also there's like, you know, both partners are, you know, both people are working. Um, and you've got kids and you've got a busy social life and all that, you know, people can just so lose track and of intimacy and checking in with each other because they're both just, you know, dealing with the everyday noise that's going yes. on around them that they forget to actually take care of each other yeah as that's right as as each other's lovers right and not necessarily sexually but just as lovers like Absolutely. as people that love each other that's right you know it's... and re- yeah so i mean everything goes back to respect mm-hmm. you know i think mm. when you lose the element of respect for your partner mm. that oftentimes can just tank it really yeah. quickly yeah and so restoring that element of trust and respect and caring for each other mm-hmm. you know going back to like just the basics i think we lose that over the years mm-hmm. um, because of resentment. This is where dating each other <laughs> sounds yeah. so cheesy. Right. But going back to dating each other, having that intentional time together where you build intimacy. Babe, let's we have our one hour a night or one hour a week that we go dancing. In my workshops, we start almost the whole half of my workshop has to do with inner child work. Mm-hmm. Um, mirror work and our child we go back to childhood uh, what we um, like our uh, core beliefs that are formed in childhood based on experiences we all have them mm-hmm. um, and so we track that back and what we find is that there was something that happened in your childhood where you formed a belief about yourself and the world And you created patterns and behaviors based on that belief throughout the years. Going back to what you were just saying before, Crocodile wanted to leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) You were were talking about checking in with your partner and making even like an hour a day to just connect. And I think you were starting to give some suggestions. And you were saying like a dance class or... I mean, yeah, it depends on what kind of intimacy you're trying to build. So if you're trying to build a communication and emotional intimacy, um, you can do communication exercises. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes and you can really tailor this to be however it is that you really receive love from someone. For me, it's very important that somebody brings a little comedy Mm-hmm. and lightheartedness right yeah. I know yeah. I can get deep and dark and kind of catastrophize very quickly <laughs> right. um and so someone who has a little levity to the way that they communicate always opens me back up mm. right and so mm-hmm. now I know like looking for a partner I'm gonna have to have a secure man who is a good communicator and has a little levity in his life right right so anyway back to <laughs> what we were saying 
So yeah, it depends on what kind of intimacy you're trying to build, but communication exercises are super fun and actually open up this space of like releasing resentments, moving into that healing space, really starting to feel that depth and bond and connection with your partner again. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is the key to women who feel like they're in menopause and they're saying, oh, I just don't want to be touched anymore. Mm -hmm. This almost always penetrates that area. Mm. Because mm-hmm. so once a- you tap in into the emotional side, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, because that's what how women are. Totally, that's how we are. Yeah, we we have to have the emotional component, emotional safety, and validation, and mm-hmm. intimacy first, and then our bodies respond accordingly with lubrication and openness and reception. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So another thing about desire is that it's co-arising. So then your partner you'll take turns he'll right. say something and maybe your desire sparks his desire right now we have got something to work with here right right, right, right. like babe i never knew you wanted to go to like tahoe and what be... if your dude goes oh, uh, my desire is uh i'd like to have a couple chicks in the bedroom with us <laughs> well i was gonna say i already know yeah. my husband okay he sends so... me pictures of it every day all day probably oh my right god now, that's my so good yeah uh, so yeah. um that's a really good place to work with is with group sex yeah. Um, it's a really common desire that people have a lot of trouble approving of. Yeah. We can go there if you want to go <laughs> sure, there. Sure. <laughs> One of the things that I think is important to differentiate and make sure it's really clear is that just because someone has a desire does not mean that you are that person who should be fulfilling that for them. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language right? now. <laughs> like every woman caretaker is like, what? Oh my God. Because for me, I'm like, oh my God, that makes me so happy that I could be help facilitate something like that Uh right um and so then it's important to look at where your boundaries are right and where your desire is do you okay wait check this out so i watch 90 day fiance (laughs) oh my god i'm so obsessed i'm so obsessed i've seen all of the offshoot shows everything me too me too i'm always like (laughs) who's your favorite couple oh my god um Tarek and i really like right now i just watched um was it before the 90 days oh with so Ed good. and Rose? Ed and Rose, oh I think is her Oh, my God. Um, uh, is she Filipina? Yes. Oh, my God. Is yeah, he a little was, bit of a hot mess? Yeah, he's a mess. Oh, my God. It was, it was and he unreal. has to find a dowry. Uh, no, no, that was a different one. That was oh a different guy. God. That was a different guy. They couldn't find the They're dowry. All, yes, just yes. if I could get my hands on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Some of these shows are just, I mean, it's hilarious. But what I was getting at was um, I was watching 90 Day Fiancé, and there's this one couple, I forget their names, because I watched so many of them. Sorry, they're all mixed up. <laughs> but, Do but too. This one couple, he is dating a girl. I think she's from Thailand or something. And um, she says to he's he's engaged to her, and she sa- accepts his proposal of marriage, but says, "I like girls too, and I would like to bring a girl. F- I would like to have a girlfriend in our relationship." This is Tarek and oh, what is her name? Hazel. Hazel. Yes, yes! <laughs> that's what it is. I yes, know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then so Minty she, comes. Yeah, and, and Minty oh! comes. And I- Okay, so and now she's pissed. Now Have you watched the pissed. last one? Yes. She's pissed. She's really pissed. Yeah. Because now she's decided that he is giving too much attention yes. to her girlfriend. Yes. So I was like, oh, she opened up a can of worms. That always happens. You bring someone into the relationship because you want to, you know, you have your desires. But now your partner is more showing more interest in 
the person you brought in. Yep. So now what? You've just shot yourself in the foot. Okay. There's a lot here. Okay. This is so good. <laughs> um, so first of all, I am, uh, I'm an encourager of desire, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that means to you. If you want to have group sex, go have group sex. Right. If you want to switch your dating profile over to women and try dating women for a little while, go do it. Right. I like, right. I'm not here to judge anything. Yeah. yeah me neither. Polyamorous couples or what? Huh? Whatever floats your boat. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It all has to do with, um, is it consensual? Yeah. Is it safe? Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I think sexuality is about what is, Yeah. you know, and so if yeah. it's there for you, just honor that and go with it. So there's a few things here. <laughs> this is so juicy. With bringing in a third and uh-huh. becoming like a thruple, which is what yeah. they're trying to do. Yeah. And a lot of people are doing that these days. Yeah. Like, they call themselves unicorns. I learned this on Sex are. with Emily. Yeah. I've listened to her podcast. <laughs> oh, we have I... so many terminology and so much terminology for these things. Yeah. Yes. So they're called unicorns or... Okay. <laughs> I was going to go over into the masculine, but we'll stay here. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were, I don't, I don't know what the man's uh, version of a unicorn is. Um, I don't Maybe know if there's a jackass. Actual, <laughs> I don't know if there's an actual term for that, but in like uh, ethical polyamorous couples, it's right. called taking on a secondary, oh, right? You okay. have a primary partner and you have secondary. Just saying that would make someone feel lef- lesser than. You know what I'm saying? Like just usually it means you cohabitate with someone or you have a family or you have children with someone that would be a primary. Right. A secondary would be um, someone you don't necessarily cohabitate with. That you're not actually married to. You're just dating. Yeah. I mean, it can take on different forms, but typically there's like a hierarchy. Yeah. Like a queen bee. Uh So yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually very much encourage being a secondary because it means you have less responsibility. Mm. Without a doubt. You yeah. get all the benefits and don't do any of the work. I know. <laughs> awesome. I know. Good. Or you get to go and be the special guest. You don't guest. have to cook or clean. Yeah. Or... Exactly. Yeah. You special, have to child. The special guest. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I know. Being a special guest is fun. You get in, you get out. Yeah. You, you yeah, need to start like everybody wins. You need to start yeah. a dating app. The special Seriously. guest I know. dating app. I'm like, I'll leave you two like sorting out whatever the hell that's just stirred special up guest. for you all. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole new meeting when I book shit now because yeah. I book my husband's band a lot. I'll be like, "Oh, this is the special guest." Oh, it's like a whole new meeting. Do you know? <laughs> that's a this could be a like a scene. <laughs> you could like create a scene where you're yeah. like, "Babe, are you ready for your next special guest?" <laughs> Here she is. Yeah. So um, it has to do with your own boundaries like just because someone has a desire for having a threesome and you're the wife does not mean you have to facilitate this or vice versa right just because your wife wants this and you're a husband does not mean you are the facilitator so as long as your desires are aligned that's when it's a yes Mm -hmm. right great we both have this desire do we want to keep it in fantasy zone or do we want to actually bring it into reality most people keep it in fantasy zone there are a lot of people who bring it into reality. And for that, there are plenty of apps for that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, so this is like what I think are like conscious group sex or like conscious threesomes. Um, and they can be highly rewarding. Um, and there's a business end to having these ethical group interactions with people. We got to talk about safety. Um, now with COVID, I think COVID is a, wonderful analogy for STIs, Mm, right? Totally. Now we're forced to talk about, have you been tested? How many Mm -hmm. people have you seen? 
Um, right. <laughs> are you safe? Right. All the conversation. These are our condoms, our masks. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Yeah. And so we're just kind of exemplifying things that were undercover before. Right. Um, but I think it's very uh, valuable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you do have to have these conversations in order for it to be ethical. Babe, what do you want to happen during our this is this is what I call container setting. How long do you want it to last? What activities will we be doing together? Is there penetrative sex? Is it just cocktails and appetizers to meet her to see if she is a fit for us? When we're on the apps, are we both checking? Do we both have passwords to check? Or is it just you or just me? Mm. Am I running the show and getting her phone number and scheduling this? Or are we doing this collaboratively? Or are you doing that? No, these are all really good questions yeah. I guess, that people need yeah. to discuss. If they're gonna right. Do it gets very tricky very quickly because yeah. jealousy comes right. into play. And that's the next what step. What happened in with your... Hazel and Minty? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait to see episode nine or whatever it is. Right. I know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, jealousy is a really huge one. I think there is a way to transmute jealousy into desire. If you're feeling jealousy towards something, it means that deep down there's a desire in there for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the thing that I I teach people to look at is oh, really? where are you not mm-hmm. looking at your own desire for this thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's also something called compersion where you, when you transmute and kind of transform jealousy into desire, it's called compersion. Wow. That's hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Then it's a turn on instead of something that pushes away. It's also, it's something that you can bring in. Jealousy is a hot potato. No yeah. one wants to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always think about when I, when I was watching 90 Day Fiance, I'm like, oh my God, you're opening up a can of worms. And then sure enough, she's pissed off. Yeah. So I think that this is my own personal opinion on this. I think that women should be in charge of threesomes. I could see why that would work, but yeah. I don't know if, you know, as, as women by nature, we usually have an emotional attachment to everything whereas men can just have one night stand. I, mean, I do yeah. know some women that could too as well but for the most part traditionally men can have one night stands. it means absolutely nothing to them it's physically just sex totally for women it's usually more of the you know there's a there's a emotional attachment or a communication oh gosh, or something yes. and a lot of times i mean we think we would be attracted to what we see on television or in a movie or whatever and then as soon as they open their mouth it's like I'm, you know, it's, totally. it's just not happening for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think that it would be so hard to bring a third person in, especially if it's like someone that you could see, like maybe if it's in a distant locale that that person wouldn't be around all the time. But then with social media, who knows? So I, I don't know. It's a weird, I, I like did to, know. Like to, ma- like to safeguard it. So that it's not so in your personal space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do know someone, a girlfriend that I knew ages ago. My husband's always been on about seeing me with somebody else. And my, <laughs> this, this, right this, have this you done this? Is this like, are we, are we there yet? Uh, not in reality. In, we kept it in the <laughs> fantasy zone. Okay. Because I've had a girlfriend that has been a unicorn in in several different situations and she said it never works out it always ends up being some sort of she's like just keep it 
in the fantasy zone because when it becomes a reality, he gets jealous. Like, cause it's more of like with another guy more than another girl. And then it's like, or if it's with a girl, it's like, she's like, then they get upset because of the close bond that you have with each other. So it's like, I don't know if it's something that, I mean. Well, can you imagine if you switched it around on him and said, well, I would like to have another guy in the bedroom. How about that? Yeah, that so these are actually old. called MMFs. So when there's two males and a female, it's called an MMF. And when there's two females uh-huh. and a male, it's called an FFM. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> We're learning new things every day. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that... Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that I think it would be one of those things where you think it would be all fun and games until it's not so I, I don't know it be. There, it's something explosive would happen but I sure. mean good communication for who, and boundaries I mean good for whomever I, I'm a total advocate for whatever turns you on whatever gets you off whatever yeah. as long as you're not hurting anybody or you know yep. knock yourself out totally but yeah, agreed. Um, I want less communication. I want less intimacy. I want less. I just, <laughs> I'm like, I'm very much like a guy that way. I'm just like, I'm in, then I'm out. You know, my husband's always like, what about foreplay? Why don't we kiss? And I'm like, oh, come on, babe. I got shit to do. Yeah, like, because Let's I'm get an avoidant attachment style. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that girl, you know, I'm just like, no. I'm, I mean, maybe I need to go figure out what, who the hell screwed me up when I was little, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh. That's good. Yeah, I think the primary thing to understand is um, I hear a lot. There's this trend of people wanting to have group sex in order to kind of fix their marriage or bring yeah. the spice or the spark back or make it spicy or whatever. That is a, a one lane highway to <laughs> Dunsville. <laughs> so we ask every guest the same question at the end of their segment. And that is, what do you love best about yourself? Hmm. I love so many things about myself. <laughs> Give us one. Just one. I love that um, no matter what I'm given, I am a resourceful bitch. <laughs> love it. I yeah. am so resourceful. I can make anything beautiful. Uh-huh. I can make anything work. Mm. If you give me $5 and tell me to like make a beautiful meal, I will get it done. Right. Right. If yeah. you give me dirt, I will make a house. If you get anything you give me, I'm going to make it beautiful. Oh, I love, I love that. that. That's a great too. answer. Yeah. That's and then good. maybe um, what is there any one? This is, you know, a little bit more superficial, but is there any one beauty product or hair or skin or any one thing that you can't live without yeah yes oh my god all of the biologic research uh skincare i'm obsessed with mm. especially where do you get it i okay. have so much so trouble. i'm gonna like totally just put a plug in here because she's my esthetician and i love her and she's helped me like heal from my perioral dermatitis which i have when i'm stressed out and hormonal and whatever and masks <laughs> and masks yes. oh my god yes, yes. like yes. everything festers yeah. Yeah. right um is aya abramov and she i think i'm saying her last name correctly but she, on instagram she's uh aya's touch a-y-a-t-o-u-c-h or s aya's touch she operates out of woodland hills uh-huh 
and she's an amazing esthetician. Um, she carries all of their products and she knows everything about it. Um, I she's have been... always wanted to try their stuff. Have you? Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> I have had no luck. Even like the Derm store and stuff that sell it. Yes. They're like, you need to know somebody or you need to be a professional to get this you product. You do. She, yeah, it's very exclusive. And their products are... Um, they're just wonderful, especially their Heal Detente, which is the oil that they have, is amazing. Hair, skin, body. Oh, I'm so excited. Hoping, I'm going to check that acne, out. dryness, mm. you name it. It's like my yeah. favorite. And then Benefit. I love Benefit makeup products. Uh-huh. Benefit's great. Yeah. 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 Mm. Awesome. Nice. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. thank you for coming. It was really fun chatting with you. And why don't you let our listeners know how they can find you? Is there a website, yeah. social, social media handles? Yeah. So my website is katiehenrickscoaching.com. Um, I host, gosh, body shame detox workshops, um, monthly women's challenges, um, working on a retreat right now for Ooh. women only, uh, and a slew of other things, one-on-one coaching. And then um, my Instagram is katieh.coach. Or I'm Katie Harmon on Facebook, but I'm never on Facebook. So. Okay. <laughs> and Katie, um, just spell your whole situation. Okay, so Katie Hendricks, K-A-T-I-E-H-E-N-R-I-C-K-S, coaching.com is my website. Okay, cool. And Katie H, so K-A-T-I-E-H dot coach is on Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for um, chatting with us. We really appreciated that. And we loved having you. Hello, amazing. Okay. So that does it for this episode with us. And um, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please make sure to leave us a review. And if you have any other questions or products or topics that you want us to talk about, hit us up on our socials, Honest AF Show. And honestafshow.com is our website. And until our next episode, yes, take care of yourselves and um, you'll be hearing from us soon. Yes, you will. Ciao. Bye. We um, obviously need to do a disclaimer here. So we want you to know we are not doctors or experts by any stretch of the imagination. We are just a couple of gals that are looking for magical products, procedures, and experiences. And in our quest, we will share our honest as fuck opinions with you. So please make sure before you try anything we talk about that you know your own restrictions and do so at your own risk. Do not blame us for any of your issues. We're just experimenting too.